Hi there, and welcome to another episode of the Not Just For Kids Movie Club. My name's Austin and I'm your host. I'm a father of two and someone who loves films, and this is the podcast that covers both of those. Not Just For Kids looks at family films throughout the ages. And today we're trying something new. We're going to try something that I would like to do more of, which is going to chat to one of the creatives behind a new film. We've got on one of the directors of the stunning documentary Alien on Stage, which is a really, really great watch. I was lucky enough to catch this at October's Fright Fest, which was in its digital form, and so I could watch it from home. And it really is a wonderfully uplifting viewing experience that just reminds you all why we love films and theatre and how we all love to celebrate the films that we grew up with. And so it is really a perfect film for us to chat about on this podcast. A reminder that Not Just For Kids is recorded virtually, which means there may be occasional audio issues, but it also means we can get on terrific guests wherever they are in the world. So today I chatted to Lucy when she was in Barcelona. But let's talk everything alien on stage. Nobody move. We're just normal people, aren't we? Normal people don't do things like no. this. No. How the hell has this made it to the West End for one night only? So joining me today is one of the directors behind a truly fa- uh, fabulous documentary, Alien Stage. It's Lucy Harvey. Hi, Lucy. Hello. Thanks for getting in touch with us. Thank no, you for- thank you so much for coming on. Um, yeah, I was lucky enough to see your documentary at Fright Fest last year, and it's it's kind of stayed with me since because it's a really great film. I really had this wonderful time of it. It's really rich and rewarding. So I, I had to talk to you about Alien on Stage. Um, so I've got a couple of questions to ask you, and, and, and uh, can we jump into the film, and then we'll kind of wind it back to some of the family films and other stuff that you watch. So yeah, sure. uh, um, my first question for you is: Can you give us a setup of Alien, Alien on Stage? What is Alien on Stage? It's um, a documentary that spans lots and lots of genres, which means we're getting accepted into all kinds of festivals. It's <laughs> it's comedy, it's horror. <laughs> It's sci-fi and it's a documentary Um, and it's following a group of bus drivers based in Dorset and their wider community, friends and family, um, who in their spare time like to do amateur dramatics to raise money for charity and just to do something creative outside of the nine to five. Um, And they had put one pantomime on together as that group and it was Robin Hood, and then they decided to do something a bit more ambitious, and uh, they approached the son of two of the bus drivers, who was a budding scriptwriter, and said, why could you write us a script? And he's a super sci-fi geek and rejected any idea of doing a pantomime, because he, <laughs> he detests it, and convinced them all. Well, he gave them a short list of films that he'd like to adapt and they all rested on Alien as being the perfect thing to adapt to the small stage. And um, the funny thing is, quite a few of them had never seen it before, so they had to watch it for the first time <laughs> <laughs> to get into character and try and work out how on earth they're going to put this on on a small stage with very limited space and uh, very limited budget and not even knowing how to do the special effects or anything like that. They just kind of started and it all fell into place for them. Amazing. Yeah, so I um, I grew up a bit on Alien. It was one of those films that I watched far too young, and I kind of, it shaped a lot of the films I liked. But this film that you've made is is a, a 
a wonderfully wholesome uh for everyone kind of film that's just celebrating uh film and theater and the act i guess of almost creating and stuff like that yeah um so yeah so i i loved it and i almost cried at the end because of how it ends and i just it ends on a re resoundingly uh really great note and yeah yeah so i love this film <laughs> uh and i wondered how it came into being i wondered how this documentary sort of started and how you came to this subject matter and and how you went about kind of i guess shaping this documentary well it sort of was just a fluke really and it's funny you were saying that Alien is not particularly a family film i'm just going to start with that because the reason they chose Alien as a, something to adapt into a stage show is because it was the first one of the first films that the Luke, the scriptwriter, watched with his mum. So his mum was a huge fan, and in the documentary you see that they've got Alien posters and and DVDs, and it's kind of like a bit of an obsession for them. So it's, it is their it is their family film, <laughs> <laughs> um, and their obsession kind of like led them to really trying to do as faithful a, a, um, a copy, an adaptation of Alien as they possibly could for the small stage within their limited um, resources. Um, and the reason we ended up seeing it is because we've got a, a close friend who lived with us in London, had a girlfriend and he lived in a village in Dorset and he went for a shopping trip to Tesco's, I think it was, and saw the poster on the notice board that said Alien, uh, a stage adaptation and amateur production and that immediately piqued his interest. It was a sort of a what the F moment. <laughs> and he um, took a photo of the poster, brought it back, and then we became obsessed with the thought of them putting the show on and who are these people and how are they going to do it? And it turns out, because they had a blog, that we were able to watch them from afar as this little obsessive group of friends who would occasionally tune into this blog to see if there were any updates and they'd put up little pieces of rehearsal footage and we'd slowly piece together the clues that they were bus drivers and that they were quite funny people, very warm, friendly people. Um, but the blog never ever showed us any props or any set or any costumes. So it was still a mystery <laughs> how they yeah. were going to do it. Um, and then we realized that they'd forgotten that their blog was public. So we just got this insight into their into their private message board, how they communicate with each other, and it just is really like intriguing and endearing. So it just came literally down to the last minute when we knew the show was on. We've been following them for weeks, and then we knew the show was on, and we knew this is our only opportunity to see it, and we left it right to the last minute because it seemed absurd to drive all the way from London to a village hall in Dorset. Uh, and my friend and I were very hungover on the sofa, umming and ahhing, looking at the blog again, questioning each other's sanity. And then in the end, it was just that impulse, like, if we don't go now, we're never going to see it. So we ran to the train station and then ran to his car and drove at 100 miles an hour to Dorset, just in time to watch the curtain open in this very empty village hall <laughs> with nobody there <laughs> to see what would happen. And uh, yeah, that was that was the beginning of our love affair. Yeah, and it was lucky you did because you then obviously you went off and made this film. You followed them on their journey from where it went next. And I guess I won't go too much into where it goes because 
it is a delight to watch its journey on the screen and to see where they end up. Yeah. Um, did you know where the story was going to end up? Did you have an idea of where it was going to go? Or was it just sort of this wonderful luck that it goes where it goes? Yeah, I think I think it was just blind faith and optimism and um, a real belief in what we'd found is just has a, a universal appeal and that everybody will love it. And if we just find the right audience for this group of people, everything will work out. And as we get to the point where we're like, oh, my God, this is real. And they, they, they are going from this tiny stage to a giant stage. And is it going to work? And you know, we know that their acting's terrible. We know that the sets are a bit dodgy. We know that the the special effects could possibly fail, like it's a 50-50 chance. <laughs> uh, oh my God, is this lambs to the slaughter? We don't know, what have we done? <laughs> there was all of those mixed emotions, but I think the just believing that they have something really special was the thing that kept us all going and desperate to see how it was going to end up yeah and and thankfully you want to a good thing thankfully it all pans out nicely and there's a nice uh optimistic <laughs> conclusion to the story mm-hmm. um so this is your and your co-director's directorial directorial debut i believe yeah um how was it bringing this project together how was it to kind of climb into the director's chair and to shape this film into being i love it i just i don't know i just it for me it felt so natural and um it was really wonderful that danielle said yes because she's the cam you know the camera operator the editing software operator she's kind of like trained to make you know to know how to make a film technically and um I'm just somebody who has a sort of creative vision and I like creative projects and I've always thought of myself as somebody who understands a good story, knows how to tell a story. Mm. So, um, yeah, our combined skills meant that we had what we needed and also just the kind of like the confidence of somebody who's never done something before. (laughs) You don't recognise what an enormous task is ahead of you, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think if we'd, like now, I'd never start making a film unless I absolutely was certain (laughs) that it was something I truly loved and I could spend years of my life working on and give everything no matter what. And, um, you know, just, yeah, you have to love it or be paid. This is the other thing. Like, um, So, yeah, it was a huge undertaking, but it was a very enjoyable one. And because... We, because actually the story is very simple. It's not like we're documentary makers. You have to go and investigate and find people and schedule complicated, you know, time frames and try and capture moments. It was a very easy sequence to of events to follow. We just have to go with the flow of these this pre this predestined set of events. And because Dave was, you know the military man that he is and the and the organizer of the group he made sure we got to visit everybody and interview them and go to their houses and so it's just a few weekends of filming with them and then um then them coming to london and 
you know, it's not a, it's not a huge undertaking to be honest. It's a really nice first film, quite easy to to capture it. And then the final show, well, for the, for, for the most of the film, it's just me and Danielle with a, a mm. very dodgy borrowed camera, very dodgy sound recording equipment, and just working it out as we went along. And then the final show, we had five cameras and a GoPro, and it was you know we had a chance to plan and we had to make sure we got all the angles and. You know, Danielle did a massively brilliant job of capturing all the angles, and we really enjoyed editing the the backstage footage with the with the onstage footage and the, the and the audience reactions. It was just so nice to build up that energy and try and make sure that the people watching the film had the same experience that we were having because it was so powerful the energy that was there. So. Yeah, it was a very enjoyable uh, process. And then the, I find the editing process a, a lot of fun. It's like solving a puzzle. But every time you put a piece in, you have to decide if it feels right or not. Do you know what I mean? It's like, does this feel good? Does this resonate? Is this, a, is this what we want? It's nice. I like it. <laughs> and I guess because each piece is a different cog, you've got to make sure that they all connect together. And so there's a yeah for the film to work that yeah it yeah. has to be all interconnected well yeah making sense of it all and trying to be creative in how you introduce things and it's a wonderfully creative process and i would go to sleep and then i'd watch the footage hours and hours and end i'd go to sleep and i'd wake up with a sequence in my mind i was like write down storyboard the clips in the order i think they make sense and hand it to danielle and we'd stick it on a timeline and yeah it's really satisfying actually seeing it come together uh, how long have you worked on the film for? How long has this film journey been for Ooh. you? <laughs> well, um, I think if we think about like intense concentrated periods of work, I'd say it's like a three-year process. But there was a quite a big gap <laughs> between the filming and the editing um, due to the two of us having a life and, and full-time <laughs> jobs and not really knowing how to to organize ourselves to get this done and uh and not having the the money to because you know even though we filmed it all there's still a lot of expenses ahead of us that we just didn't know how to pay for and uh in the end um i just we just did a kickstarter basically to get to get us into a position where we could give this a full-time job status and pay people to help us do it um so the kickstarter was six months work more <laughs> you know it's like just this huge huge process um so all in all i think the whole process is like seven or eight years we're into the eighth or ninth year because it's been a year on the festival circuit now so it's like poof a long <laughs> long old process <laughs> um do you do you know what's happened with the group since they put alien alien on stage do you know if they've done other productions yeah or? the theater asked them back and they and they um they did it for three more years um and they um you know became sort of i don't know they were able to offer other members of the community the opportunity to be part of their their amateur group and come to london and you know, it was a nice thing that, that grew from there, but also very exhausting for them because they all still have full-time jobs. You know what I mean? It's like not, yeah. not something that is actually really sustainable for people with full-time work at all. Um, and then they just carried on doing small community things. But 
um, I think it's just not sustainable. It's like a lightning in the bottle moment that you can't keep doing again and again because it's such a lot of work. Um, but they're thoroughly enjoying this side of the process. <laughs> we did an amazing um, live Q&A last night with Fantasia Film Festival and I think six of them turned up to chat to the, the interviewer and a lot of them are on Twitter now, like answering fans and things like that, which is nice. <laughs> uh, speaking of film festivals, this has had a really great response in the festival circuit. I mean, it's how I watched it. I know it's been at Fantasia, as you said, yeah. and it's popped up in other places. Mm -hmm. I, I'm always heartened when I see on Twitter that it's at a new place because, as I say, I had a great time with this and I'm really happy it's being watched by people, embraced by people. Um, how does that make you feel that it's kind of getting a really good response? It's wonderful. I mean, I don't know if you're following our Instagram, but I always say mission accomplished when we receive messages of people saying they experience joy watching it. Because if you, if anyone looks on my Facebook posts, I think since 2015 or something, I've had a, my, my tagline is on a mission to spread joy with Alien on stage. It's like, this film is going to get made. <laughs> it's going out in the world and it's going to improve people's, you know, optimism it's going to you know it's going to be joyful for everybody so it's really nice to get that feedback and we've got that feedback from russia australia slovenia uh canada loves it we've been this is our third festival in canada um different parts of america yeah with three festivals in with australia um oslo coming up and prague italy uh Spain, Portugal, <laughs> um, back in the UK for a few festivals coming up soon. Um, yeah, and I'll tell you what's really nice is when the COVID restrictions started to lift a couple of months ago and we were having feedback from people watching it in a cinema, which is what the film's really made for, is to be watched with an audience because you get, you get to recreate the buzz of a crowd and what it was like in the theater and they're saying that you know they're standing ovations everyone's roaring with laughter together and you know that's what it's for so and what's nice for us is we've not had that experience yet danielle and i haven't watched it together the finished film in a cinema because lockdowns just happened pretty much towards the yeah. end of the rough cut and uh that's on the horizon for us soon we're gonna have a um, a London screening on the 19th of September um, coming up with the Peckham and Nunhead Festival. There's not, a, there's not a invite yet. There's not an event link yet, but there will be soon. So watch our social medias for that. And you'll get to see Amazing. in a cinema with lots of people, which is exciting. <laughs> yeah, because it is a total crowd pleaser. It's just this yeah. really uh, nice film to watch. And it was... So I watched it last October and it was very much the right film to watch given um, sort of at that point about nine months of cinemas being closed and what has now been about until a couple of months ago, about a year and a half of mm. on and off again, cinemas being open. So it is this kind of lovely reminder that cinema is 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 great yeah. and is a wonderful experience. Yeah, shared audience experiences as a, as a buzz to that energy that you just can't replicate by yourself 
you know, this is why people go to church. You know, you're in a crowd of people, you're singing, you're, you're all chanting at the same thing. It's, you know, it joins you together. It's like, it's a religious experience or spiritual, sorry, not religious. It's a spiritual experience. It's an energetic experience and you can't replicate it. You have to be in a crowd of people all, all laughing and cheering and celebrating the same thing. Absolutely. Cinema <laughs> is my church. And, yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, what's next for you For you two? Are, are you making another film? Are you going to do any more uh, documentaries? Do you have any other ideas that you're mulling around? Hmm. Well, um, Danielle and I live in separate countries now. Uh, and Danielle's a very effective producer. I can see that like, this, this whole process is kind of really given her um, a boost of confidence and productivity. So I'm sure Danielle has got things in the pipeline. She's already a filmmaker, you know, like doing promos and shorts and things like that for, you know, like documenting people's events and stuff like that. So she's, she's a busy bee. Um, I personally would love to do another documentary, but it would have to be a good reason to do so because, you know, I was 100% certain about this story and um, I wouldn't put myself through this situation again unless I was 100% certain, yeah. <laughs> you know. It's a dead cert that this is a universal, universally appealing or it's a very important thing that's going to do something beneficial, like it has a beneficial message. Um, but yeah, but yeah, I, I I'm not ambitious. But if I get my teeth into something, then then it's it's you know 100%. So yeah, I don't know for myself. I don't know. <laughs> cool. We'll have to uh, wait and see on that. Front. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so Alien, Alien on Stage is still playing festivals, I believe. Is it? There's. Is it? Oh, which festival is it going to? Is it Mayhem Festival over here? In the UK. Or... Mayhem, that's the Nottingham one, yeah? And yeah. we've got Peckham, which is the Peckham and Nunhead Free Festival in September. And we haven't announced a couple of others, so I'm not sure. I don't know what the protocol is. <laughs> Let's leave it as a yeah. nice tease that there'll yeah. be other events. <laughs> and um, will will people get to see this on general release at some point? Will it? get a release because I'd be... love to be able to own a copy of this and oh, show this to I people. Oh, I know. It's a dream, really. And we're just going through the mill of how to approach distributors and what's a good deal and how it works. It's a very complex business. It's not it's not straightforward as, as we hope. Like, as soon as you get into the business side of things, it's a completely different animal. It's got nothing to do with your creativity or, you know, the how you value something. So just we're having such an amazing run with the festival and I think it's a very suitable festival film but we've no idea if we're if we're going to get picked up by a distributor because they've got such a specific thing that they're looking for for their slate for their particular thing and we've been told we're niche so I don't know <laughs> I don't okay. think we're niche I think we're universal <laughs> but hey <laughs> um but we do think regardless of that like maybe we get a distribution deal it's there are offers on the table they just we're just not sure which is the right one for us um 
independent cinema runs seems to be a nice option for us as well after the theater, after the festival run um, because it suits the style of the film. Um, so we'll see what happens. We're not sure yet, but we want it to be on release for sure, of course. Yeah, I, I can't wait for the day when I can show this to people because I think it is one of those films and I'm going to eagerly watch how people are watching it because... I think it, you can get a lot from this film. Yeah, we've had people say it's their go-to film now, like for certain things. It's like there was one reviewer who's got a huge amount of followers, like 30,000 followers, and he said that this is his now on his list of films that he would watch on repeat. Uh, and we had a reviewer from, from the, uh, the Hollywood News say that she's already watched the film four times and it just gets better and better for her and she calls it the Paddington of documentaries. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I can I can see why you call it that. It's, yeah. yeah. I love Paddington. I think it was beautifully done. <laughs> really done. Really well done. Lovely, beautiful film. Uh, well that moves me nicely into. So I ask all my guests who come on a couple of questions about the kind of films that they like and my first one is uh, what's your favorite family film ever? God, there's so many. <laughs> the one that keeps popping into my head is the original Mary Poppins. I think, and I'll tell you what made me value that film, really value the film, the original Mary Poppins, is watching the remake and feeling ill, <laughs> how absolutely <laughs> horrendous it was and how it missed every important point of the original film and just kind of, copied it blindly with no taste or nuance or <laughs> affection for the true message of the film. I was like, what is this nonsense? <laughs> it made me so ill. So the original Mary Poppins, I think, is beautiful for lots and lots of reasons. The, all the messages are, are pure and good. Like her relationship with everybody is, is a really a testament to what it, how to be kind in the world and how to show up for people and you know she's always in favor with the kind of like the working class and the mentally ill are her are her friends you know <laughs> so, yeah yeah and uh, she's anti-establishment she's pro-feminism anti-capitalism and super creative and uh and the film is beautiful it's exquisite to what look at it's got a lot of space and it's beautifully each scene is beautifully done and the artwork is charming and yeah, I'm quite pro and the songs are really well done and the dance and the choreography on the rooftops, amazing. Oh, it's wonderful. Never watch the remake. If, if you have, <laughs> just don't bother. It's, it's, it's a very um, glossy, modern Disney it's film. It's tawdry. Have you seen, like, instead of chimney sweeps, they're lamp lighters. And instead of dancing on the rooftops, they're underground, <laughs> dancing like pole dancers around street lamps. It's disgusting. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Uh, my next filmy question is, what is your favourite uh, documentary? <gasps> oh, my goodness. I'm not ready. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh my goodness, there's so many, I mean, yeah, see, 
my mind goes to really dark, informative documentaries that give me an insight into how horrible the world is, and I don't particularly know if that's suitable <laughs> for this. <laughs> I mean, you can suggest them. Some of the best documentaries I've watched are harrowing watches. Harrowing. Oh, my goodness. I've watched some harrowing documentaries that are really just like, oh, that's how things work. Uh-oh. <laughs> the one that really, really got to me was a show called The House I Live In, a documentary called The House I Live In, which is about the the prison system in the in in America. Oof, that's a very revealing mm. insight. I can imagine. Oh my goodness, so revealing how the system is set to um, ensnare all of the different minority groups one by one by targeting them illegal making something illegal that's part of their culture and then and then just putting the brief to all the police that this is you have to arrest these people to fill the prisons because it's an industry uh that was such an insight um it's called the guy described it in the end that the prison system in, in america is a holocaust in slow motion it's really depressing so anyway on a lighter note <laughs> <laughs> on a lighter note what's what documentary have i watched recently that i thought was charming oh i really like um the horror movie one what the the guy in america who spent years trying to make a horror movie with his family was it called american horror or something do you, do you know the one i'm talking about no, i don't know that one but um he's a maybe he's I'm trying to remember, there's there's one that's coming at fright fest that sounds kind of like that uh, this one's been around. I forget for a, what's called. This one's been around for a while, and it's like a, it's a bit like um, a Kevin. What's that American director called that has these kind of like American character-led, looks like documentaries, but it's not Kevin. Uh, is it Kevin Smith? Yes. So it feels like Kevin Smith could have written it, but it's actually real, real people, and it's this one kind of like very eccentric. Uh, guy who's obsessed with making his horror film it takes him years to do it and he keeps running out of money and he's so dedicated to finishing it and I think it takes him like 10 years and everybody's in it all his family members it's really ropey and like it's just wonderful and he finally finishes it and it's just quite beautiful it's a bit like I guess it's a similar vibe to our film in a sense um, but yeah I think it's called American Horror I can't remember, but yeah. I will, I'm going to look that up. That sounds entertaining. Yeah, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. And my final filmy question is, what is the most inappropriate film you watched growing up? What's the one you look back and go, oh, maybe God. I should have watched that when I was growing up? I think, I think it's usually <laughs> when I was with my stepdad because he's got no filter. And I, I watched The Wall when I was like seven or eight. And that was quite what's the word character forming <laughs> um <laughs> and i <laughs> i also watched jaws when i was oof, i think could be eight or nine and yeah that kind of freaked me out um yeah there's been i'm sure there are other inappropriate films i watched but i may have deleted them from my memory <laughs> um so thank you so much for coming on and talking to us about your film. I can't wait till people watch this. I finish go out and see it in festivals. And I, I can't wait till you release it to the wider world. Uh, no. Where can people follow uh, the film or you to 
kind of keep yeah keep on, essentially not me i'm nowhere to be found but the film you can <laughs> you can um go to our website which is alien on stage doc and subscribe to our mailing list but if you want like we don't send many updates to subscribers just really significant stuff so if you want like up-to-date festival screenings and um, things that are happening, go to our Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, which is Alien On Stage Doc. They're all at Alien On Stage Doc. Fabulous. Thank you so much again for coming on. <laughs> it's a pleasure. <laughs> Thank you. Somebody says to you, oh, this is a Wiltshire and Dorset bus company have done an amateur dramatics production of Alien and it's coming to stage. You think, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> As ever, thanks so much for listening to another episode of the Not Just For Kids Movie Club. And thanks so much to Lucy for joining us and taking time to chat about one of my favourite films of the last 18 months. Do follow all their socials so you can see where this amazing documentary will pop up next. And fingers crossed, it'll get a distribution real soon. If you want to get in touch with us and follow updates, you can find us on Twitter, Letterboxd and Instagram at Adults2Pod. Our email address is notjustforkidspodcast at gmail.com. And if you've been listening lately and thought you'd like to come on and talk about a family film, why not send us an email? We love to talk about all kinds of family films. And really, at this point, we'll talk about pretty much anything as long as it impacted you when you're growing up. So at some point, I will be covering Alien because I certainly watch Alien far too young. And I think many of us have. And it has shaped the kind of films that I love. So at some point, I'm going to dive into Alien just because I want to explore what a wonderful film it is. But as ever... Thank you all for listening and we'll see you soon with more special one-offs and great guests coming on to chat about their films and the films they grew up with.